Lent begins soon, and today's guest is not only a homeschooling dad, but the powerhouse ministry leader at the helm of Perusia Media. I'm excited to welcome back this dedicated and creative homeschooling dad coming to us from Australia, Charbel Raish, to share Lenten traditions of the Raish family. Welcome to Homeschooling Saints, the podcast that helps you create the homeschool you love for the people you love. Our host is Lisa Maladnik, a Catholic life coach, TV host, best-selling author, and an instructor at Homeschool Connections. Before we get started, remember to subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. And if you're watching on YouTube, click the bell to join our channel. Welcome, I'm Lisa Maladnik. Today we're talking with Charbel Raish about his Lenten traditions of the Raish family. Charbel Raish is married to Christine and they've been blessed with eight children together. Charbel has a passion for helping people get closer to discovering the fullness of truth and invites anyone who is willing and able to help him on this mission of evangelization through Perusia. Charbel has two degrees, Master of Arts and Theological Studies from the University of Notre Dame in Sydney, and his undergraduate degree in personal Development and Physical Education from the Australian College of Physical Education in Homebush Bay. He has experience as both a phys ed teacher and religion teacher for primary and secondary schools since 2005. Currently, Charbel is working full-time with Perusia, his greatest passion, which specializes in faith formation resources and events. Over one million people have been evangelized through the work of Perusia, and well over one million resources have been distributed during that time. Find Charbel Raish and Perusia Media at perusiamedia.com, and I've got that in the show notes along with some other resources, and Perusia is... P-A-R-O-U-S-I-A, and then media, just the way it sounds. Charbel, thank you for coming back again. I always enjoy talking with you so much. It's great uh, to be with you, Lisa. Thanks for having me back. Oh, yeah, and you have such a busy life, too. So we're really cramming this in at weird time zone hours. Um, <laughs> but let's just start. Like, What do you and your wife consider the top priorities in Lent for your family? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, it's interesting. Lent, Lent is a, it comes around every year. So it's a great time of uh, renewal with your faith. Um, and uh, we try to remind ourselves of, I guess, I guess the three intentions the church has. And the, the first is there is the, the fasting, of, of course. And so um, c- cutting out things and, and, you know, over the years, it sort of developed. Um, so, you know, growing up, it would have been sweets and chocolates and things like that. But then we sort of up the ante a bit more and, and, and then actually would cut out meat and then cut out a bit more. And, and so, um, yeah, we, we've, we now take that a bit more seriously. And the older children, um, definitely are, are following suit. Um, and then there's even a time of actual complete fasting. So, and I guess this is influenced by my Maronite heritage. So we fast right up till midday. So, so that they don't have breakfast or, um, morning tea and, and the first meal would be lunch. Um, but then that first meal would be a smaller meal than a typical large meal. Uh, so they will feel, uh, you know, slight hunger pains, but that's okay. It reminds them of, of what Jesus went through in the desert. So we connect, um, the fasting in Lent with the fasting that Jesus did in the desert. And, um, so that's the, that's the first part. The, the second part is, um, the prayer. What more can we do? So we take on extra prayer. So we would, pray these uh, extra Lenten reflections. Um, 
and and we'll we'll read from scripture every day, and then we'll read uh, some reflections from different saints on Lent, and uh, and that's quite a beautiful thing to do. We do it of an evening with the family, um, and and so that and there's so many different uh, books out there, and uh, Archbishop Fulton Sheen, or or, or mm-hmm. Lives of the Saints, or or all these different ones. We had the a Lenten pilgrimage from Perusia last year, so there's a, a range of things that we 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 try to tap into. And then, um, then there's the almsgiving part. And so, uh, you know, for children, you know, it might not be so easy to give money to the poor, but what they can do is it's either your time, your talent or treasure. So you could help in many ways by giving someone a bit more of your time. So I'd like to have a goal. I never, I never achieve this a hundred percent, but I try to strive for it, but it's call someone in need every day of Lent. So it's, uh, is there someone that we know of that's lonely that we could just call and check in on them and that'll be something we do um now i i have to confess i don't i i, I miss a few days or, or i miss but i try to make that a goal and and so it reminds me to think of those in need uh, during that time and and then we we donate any money we saved in lent um to the church um in, in need so and that's i guess uh linked closely with the project compassion um tradition of the church which is a beautiful part of lent which is almsgiving and the idea is that you whatever money you save by eating less <laughs> that money um is given to the poor and so we're, we're fasting but we're also fasting for a reason that's giving helping those in need so trying to remind the children of that as well and and i think that's been a, a real blessing uh for, for our family so they're, they're the three we always remind ourselves of the three um priorities and then that sort of um shapes a little bit different every year um, depending on the age of the children and what they personally want to take on that year. Wow. I'm hearing so much. My brain is just coming to life, as I'm sure everyone else is. When I listen to you talk about fasting, prayer, and almsgiving, and I hear how intentional and how challenging it is. I mean, I always have for years, because I've known Australians off and on for many years, and Charlie and I were out on the Far East, you know, uh, traveling for a while at one point, long time ago. But my sense of Australians is that you guys still have a lot of the the toughness of spirit that I feel like in many ways we've lost in American culture. And so what I'm hearing in you and the way your family lives is a toughness of spirit that is invigorating just to listen to and to aspire to. And I don't mean to embarrass you, but you're talking about some serious fasting and you and your wife having to calculate how much are we saving by fasting and doing all these things and really putting a lot of effort into it. And so I'd just like to ask, like, what's it like for you as parents calling forth this kind of toughness, which is so good for our spirits, from your children. What are you seeing? Yeah, well, um, the big thing is, I think, um, not being attached to anything. So it's a real time to detach from things that have a hold of us. And um, I notice that when my children see lollies and they get, it's almost like nothing else matters. I need those lollies now. <laughs> Give it to me now. Uh, and it's like, well, there's a real problem. Now it's, it's, it starts off very innocent, but then very quickly it it, it sort of transitions into hang on I, he got a little bit more than I did or she got this or they're not sharing enough and then it becomes a bit of a fight and and it's like wow okay we we've got to we've got to control this and but then what am I like I started looking inwardly for parents I know I 
I got to a point where I was getting enjoying my coffee a little bit too much. You know, I got to a point where I was having four large cups of coffee a day with three sugars, <laughs> and I said, "I've got to do something here. It's it's not a healthy thing to have so much coffee. A little bit's fine, but not too much." So I started to tone back, and I remember hearing this by from a former teacher of mine who said, "Look, don't overcommit." And then under deliver, under commit and over deliver. So that it was the idea of it's, it's, it's great and ambitious to try be like the saints, but you aren't, let's, let's put everything at ease. You aren't a saint, not yet. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and so don't, don't, you know, you can imitate the saints and be inspired, but don't necessarily think you have to be exactly like them. So some of them, you know, were fasting on really heroic types of fasting. Yeah. The Eucharist alone, there's a handful of saints that we know of. There's some that were, you know, same as John Vianney on potatoes alone for the, for all of his life. There, So there's, you know, there are great uh, heroic um, saints doing that, but are we called to do exactly that? Now, some might be, and, and, and God bless you, do it. But if you make a promise with God and then you know you're not really serious about it, then it might, it's a dangerous thing to sort of, so you're giving God lip service. So I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna also be like Saint John Vianney and fast on potatoes only, and then, and then a week later you fail, and then, and then you do it again and again and again. Now it's okay, we fail, but, but maybe just have a bit more of a realistic goal. So, yeah. so maybe make a deal with God and say, look, I'm gonna do something a little bit more than I did last time. And so, as long as we're progressing forward, as long as we're journeying closer to God, and that's. We've come to a real point there now that we at least get to the point, except let's do a little bit more than what we're currently doing. And let's do that step by step. And eventually, you know, in a year's time or two years' time, you look back in a lifetime, you've you've made so many steps in your life. And so I've learned over the last few years to just sort of tone back my expectations and just sort of say, okay, am I going to say instead of an extra rosary, an extra decade of the rosary? Instead of, um, uh, you know, instead of saying, all right, I'm not going to have any coffee, maybe I just have one coffee. Or if I, instead of uh, watching, cutting out things, but instead of uh, maybe social media, if I have to be on it for work, keep it exclusively for work and then and then get off, you know, and don't get caught um, just wasting time. And so trying to be conscious of the way I'm spending my time to allow for God to come in and it is look it's a challenge because um we are still distracted even in lent but that's why we try to do it as a family and we try to encourage each other and the children are very good uh policemen so they you know oh, oh they they they're doing this or they're doing that and so they keep everyone in check and then my wife of course is 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 great <laughs> she keeps me in check and then i you know i try to remind her of what we try to commit to so um but an example of the coffee just to put it out there was i i I had, I didn't, I couldn't go cold turkey and say no, no coffee this one. It was about four years ago. I said, instead of four large coffees, I'm going to go back to two. And then instead of um, uh, having large, I'm going to have small cups. And so then that allowed me. So I remember just adjusting my volume. And and what it was was a progressive uh, commitment. And then instead of my three sugars to two to one, and then one Lent, it was uh, no sugars in Lent. And thanks be to God, it's been a couple of years now, and I don't have any sugar in my coffee, and I don't don't enjoy sugar now. In so it's interesting. It's a what by almost like detoxing from your bad habits. 
And Lent is a great time to sort of make those commitments and and renewal of commitment and try to don't just sort of uh, uh, splurge when when Easter comes and sort of have all the things that you 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 uh, wanted and then you have them in sort of large quantities and then you feel sick and then and I, that <laughs> happened once that's yeah about five or six years ago I think it I to my shame I did I I remember fasting vigorously and then feasting a little bit over overboard <laughs> so mm. that becomes a bit more um uh, what's you know gluttony and becoming a glutton so you don't want to go to that level um so it's sort of keeping in check and being in control the whole time and uh, and so then having realistic goals um, and then bit by bit year after year just taking on a bit more so now now i can actually give up coffee during lent and and now I for the you know the last couple of years I'm in a habit where I enjoy a morning coffee and then I have a second one but that's it but I won't have more than two small c- cups and I'm happy with that and I feel good and but in Advent and Lent in any other seasons I I try to remind myself detach don't think you can you you can't live without coffee <laughs> and so mm. what does that say of ourselves how weak are we when we can't live without something and you you apply that to anything television. Um, social media to whatever you use for recreation um, to any any sort of material things that you have you just apply it um, and hopefully what Lent does is is help helps you not only become closer to God but also a little bit in more control of your passions and of your of those enjoyments and keep things in check a bit so um, yeah I really I actually look forward to Lent every year because Lent is my time to improve again, <laughs> if that makes mm. sense. Yeah, and I would say it would make you more confident in general to face suffering. But I want to just touch on something that that I think that you do that is very wise. And it's that I really believe, you know, in the theology of the body, that our bodies can tell us a lot about the way God designed us. And so here yeah. you are, just like you would at the gym, incrementally adding more weight, building those muscles slowly, mm-hmm. and also teaching your children that the extremes are not what gets us God's pleasure, but it's our growth over time. And so you model that for them absolutely um they they see my weakness they see my wife and i we uh try to do things a little bit too heroically and then we fall and we fall and we fall and there's only so many times you know you want to keep being reminded from your children hey you keep falling what um and then (laughs) and it's not a good uh, example when when they're constantly um they're policing which is great but then hang on we don't we don't look good if we're, we're it's not about how you look but it's how you at least lead by example for the children that wow what are we saying to our children if we can't commit to what we are trying to commit to so let's be a bit more realistic and then and try you know hit it out of the ballpark so to speak and they they follow that and then they're inspired and they actually can do and so it's it's quite nice to see that the children take on a little bit more fasting so even the younger ones they they might we might we might uh, fast till midday, but the little ones might fast till 10 a.m. And so then they'll have a couple of hours without, without they'll, they'll skip breakfast, but they'll have morning tea. And so that's a good little step. That's something where they, they feel hungry, but they know why they're hungry. And then they, and then they eat after that and they enjoy things a bit more. So it's, uh, it's been a good, good time, a good season to remind ourselves on all the different um, aspects of our lives, how can we improve and, and, give up pleasures but then what more can we take on as well so that's where the prayer comes in 
reading, spiritual reading, and and trying to watch uh, uplifting, spiritually uplifting uh, films or um, anything we're watching is is all spiritually uplifting. Um, and I also I, I like Lent as a, a commitment with a a specific book I want to read, a spiritual book, and my wife as well. So we'll have a Lenten book by our side, and the children will have one as well. They'll pick something that that's their reading, that's their Lenten season reading, that's their personal reading time. So that that's a that's a good little uh, habit as well. Wow, that's fantastic. Everybody, we're going to take a brief break to hear from our wonderful sponsors at Homeschool Connections, and we'll be right back with Charbel Raish, sharing the Lenten traditions of the Raish family. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Walter Crawford. And I'm Maureen Whitman. We are the co-founders of homeschoolconnections.com and proud sponsors of the Homeschooling Saints podcast. Which is here to help you homeschool more joyfully, more easily, and more effectively. We want to thank you for listening. And we invite you to check out our courses at homeschoolconnections.com. And now, back to our program. All right, we're back with Charbel Raish. We're talking about the Lenten traditions of the Raish family, and it's so much fun. What occurred to me when you were talking about the whole family learning to fast is that what I've noticed over the years with my own family is that coming together at mealtimes, and this is, of course, very biblical too, is sacred, that something spiritual happens when we share a meal. Would you just reflect a little bit about what's, what, what do you notice spiritually within your family when you fast together? Yes, um, that we're all in this together. So, you know, it's interesting with suffering. Suffering um, suffering can, what amplifies suffering sometimes is not having someone to share it with. But when we share with others that they're going through the same types of suffering, suffering as you, it makes it a bit more bearable in, a, in an interesting way. So they're not alone. And so it's a family unit. We're all doing this together. And so then you accept it a bit more. And so this acceptance of the suffering is quite an interesting time of year to do it. And, and so, um, I, that's why I love Lent. It, it just, um, it really helps us, uh, take on things to the next level and try to reduce our complaints. We don't complain about things as much. We don't, um, the children as well try, their, their behavior is slightly, you know, is improved. You notice these things because they know they can't just indulge they know they have to be in check that they're, they're trying so yeah their behavior is slightly better as well uh, i'm not going to say that they're living saints but they, they'll definitely improve <laughs> a, a little bit more and, and then if they if they if they muck up as they they always do um we just remind them again you know every evening you know what could we do better tomorrow than we did today and then that's that's the sort of thing it's just a daily and i guess not being so stressed as a parent let's we sh- we should aim for have our have a a high goal, but at the same time, also expect the fact that the children are children, and so if they don't reach your level, that's perfectly fine, and don't be <laughs> so um, uh, you know caught up in oh my goodness my four year old didn't do what I asked you know they didn't fast <laughs> hang on let's put things in check we've got children that are growing and we our job as parents are to teach them. And so they don't come out of the box ready to go. <laughs> they don't come born as adults. They're, they're, they're babies, toddlers, uh, you know, early childhood. Then they, they grow up and, you know, upper primary, then, then teenagers, which is a whole new animal and then older teenagers. And so you've got, you see the development and end of the day, it's, um, a good reminder for us as parents. 
to take advantage of these and cherish these moments. Um, I try not to complain. I know there's a daughter of mine that loves to have her rub uh, back rubbed, you know, to, to go to sleep, and I like, oh, I haven't got time. But you know what? There's a time where now the older children would not want me to go anywhere near them and do that. <laughs> so, so it's like, well, this is not going to last forever. So, you know, reading a story or or rubbing their back or whatever it is that they that comforts them, knowing that mum and dad are there. So Lent is the time where I say I'll do that without complaining, <laughs> without whinging. Yes. And so those little things, um, it's a good time to try to, I guess, strengthen um, that aspect of I guess, your your um, spiritual life, but also your, yeah, your charity, how much we can give up of our own personal time for our priority, which is our, our spouses and our children. Mm, there's such joy as you talk about this, just listening to all the energy that's kind of just coming up naturally for you. You even said, I love Lent. I've heard so many people say that they almost fear it because God has mm-hmm. kind of provided them opportunities to to be more patient than usual or to suffer, as you said, without complaint. Maybe, maybe something unusual is going on for them in Lent. And I wonder... If that's, you know, if that's something they're noticing that's real, like that sometimes God will give us the, the extra thing to carry. Maybe we haven't chosen to carry enough or, or mm-hmm. there's something in particular. Um, what's been hard for you and your family and Lent? And say a little bit about what you've learned in that process. Yeah, um, I, I would say um, we're always trying to work on the children um, looking out for each other. And, and so, you know, there is this, uh, I guess, there's still selfishness we've got to battle and, and you know, wanting to prioritise their own their own things and, and not sharing things, not putting others first. Uh, compl- and, and what happens is when they're given so much, they expect, they get, when you spoil them too much, um, there's this expectation that they sort of say, this is mine, and they start taking ownership of material things and then they get upset if someone touches things and, and and what you're doing, I feel like um, you're almost leading them down a, a path that's not a healthy one, because it, it's a lot harder. You're, when you're not satisfied with what you've got, you're never going to be happy. Uh, and so we're seeing that play out time to time with our children. It's like, well, let's pull things back a bit. They don't need, you know, things like. Can I? I'll put it out there. Now. I, I mean, video games is a great example. Do they need video games? Will they die if they don't play video games? They might think they will, but we know they won't. <laughs> so things like that, it's a classic one where it's like when I notice when they're playing, we might give them a bit of a treat. You can play for 15 minutes, but then they'll, they'll squeeze 30 minutes or an hour, and then their attitude is different. So, oh, I don't like this attitude. <laughs> and and then they, they have this expectation. I think, okay, well, we're just going to cut out video games, not just for Lent, but we're going to cut it out for the year <laughs> and mm. maybe have one treat a year you know so identifying these things where wow what what is getting in the what is pulling holding our kids back and sometimes making hard decisions like wow pull if they got up a little bit earlier they might complain and think it's the end of the world but we know it's good for them so holding your ground as a parent and saying look no you know, let's do this we're going to get up early we're going to say our prayers. We're going to do our morning offering. We're going to get our chores done. Then we're going to get it, you know, and, and you just got to be on top of it because once um, they do it a few times and then they expect it, 
And so Lent is a good one to sort of go back and say, okay, where have we sort of fallen? And so let's well, let's remind us of this Lent to to get back on time. It's early, get up early. Let's do our things without complaint and try see if you can do things that help mum and dad or help your your siblings um, without being asked. Let's see if we can do that and look for opportunities that you can help at home without being asked. God is watching all the time, you know, and these little lessons. Um, there is one thing that my wife and I uh, incorporate. We saw this in a, a Lenten kit once. Uh, it's the crown of thorns uh, um, uh, activity, uh, if you can call it that. It's So there's a, imagine um, um, a Play-Doh, uh, a crown made out of, you've got the Play-Doh with thorns, toothpicks stuck in it. And so this is Jesus's crown of thorns. And we have a jar. Every time we do something that is sacrificial, we take one thorn out of the crown of thorns and we put Ooh. it in a jar. And so we're taking away the pain from Jesus by taking on a little. So it's a beautiful little thing. They actually look forward to it because uh, it's almost like a competition. They, they they look out to do good things. They want to take all those toothpicks. So by the time Good Friday comes, they've they've uh, taking on the crown of thorns, you know. So Jesus, we want to take the thorns away from Jesus's crown of thorns, and then he'll have the crown of glory in in Easter. So they celebrate, and for every toothpick they get a little, they might get a reward. So when Easter comes, they'll know how many toothpicks they collected, and they'll get that many lollies or that many um, some sort of reward of, of equal value. And so they know that they're building up. Um, a reward for them in mm. Easter, which is exactly what happens in this life. Any little sacrifices we make, anything we do, we offer up sacrifices for heaven. So uh, the greater the reward. So so that's a it's a great little thing uh, for children. And and honestly, like a four year old can do it, three year old can do it. And and in for them, it could be not playing with a particular toy. They give that toy to their sibling. It could be packing up your sibling's mess. It could be anything, um, and then they, if they've gone above and beyond, they've gone out of their way, then they can take a thorn out of Jesus's crown of thorns, and then that's that, that accumulates. So I really, my wife started introducing that about three years ago, and that's worked really well. That's been a really good thing. I love that. It's it's got it works on so many levels. It even ignites a little competition, which is fun. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Now you were telling me before we started recording, and this is so exciting that you did a whole. You do this periodically, uh, an online pilgrimage that people can participate in live around the world, and you've done beautiful ones. Um, last year, you did one with Steve Ray with the Stations of the Cross, the Lenten pilgrimage, and now that's available with many, many reflections by a lot of your speakers and other resources. Would you tell us about that? Because I am dying to get this now that I've heard about it. It sounds absolutely beautiful. Just describe it for us, because I really think that homeschooling families are going to appreciate this resource. Yeah, thank you. Absolutely. Yeah, last year, we we asked, we invited Steve Ray to, to give a reflection on each station, and he was very happy to do it. He did it on video. And and so there are these are about five to ten minute reflections on each station. And Steve Ray's been to the Holy Land, you know, 180 times. It's amazing. I don't know anyone <laughs> on the planet that's done that many trips. Um, and so he is intimately familiar with the stations of the cross. So he gives a reflection of what it's actually like <laughs> um, even today. And so uh I really love his insights. They're beautiful reflections. Um and he adds a bonus one on, on the resurrection. So there's the 15th station. So you have that. And, and so we, what we did last time was 
we worked back from Easter 15 days, and that's when the stations kicked in. And then from um, Ash Wednesday to that point, so there was about four weeks there, we invited um, other other speakers to share reflections on what Lent meant for them. So they shared their own uh, reflections. And so we had Matthew Leonard who did a great reflection on penance. What does offering it up mean? And so he does a whole little uh, Bible sort of reflection, and it's about 15, 20 minutes. Um, and we have um, so many great speakers that have shared um, reflections. There's about um, 15 or so. And are speakers. these just audio or are they video? What, how video, do, all video. That's all yeah, video. So, wow. So it's now on our Perusia on Demand platform. And so we made it free uh, during the time of Lent. And then, and now we've got it up there where people can purchase it for $20. Uh, where you get access to all the videos, and um, and, and that's Australian dollars, which is a, that's a right. lot less so that's in US dollars. Give us a, an estimate. Twelve dollars or so. <laughs> yeah, twelve US dollars. This is dollars. a huge resource, everybody, yeah. for about yeah, twelve dollars US. Yeah, it's great. You you own it, and uh, you can you can download the files, you can share them. But that's I think it's a it's a great little package of reflections from some of some of the world's. Um, most uh, uh, great greatest communicators on 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 the faith. So it's been inspiring to see it. So I encourage mm-hmm. everyone who wants to have it, check it out. Yeah, the, if you've got a link there, that that'll be great yes. for them to check that out. Yeah, I've got the link to that, and I've also got a link to a Shalom World Media uh, piece oh, yeah. <laughs> that was done about your lovely big family. This was before you had your eighth child, and it's called Joyfully Big. I also want to link to your academy, your adult education hub, um, because you really, families listening, do not miss Perusia Media. It's so packed with stuff. Do you want to say just a few words on Joyfully Big and the oh. academy as we're yeah. starting well, to head into big. the last... That was fun. They came out for two days, filmed our, our family, 20 hours worth of footage, compacted down to 20 minutes, you know, so 25 oh. minutes. So oh. um, it's a bit like, uh, you know, we, we try to, they try to present everything and that's all the, all the good side, but <laughs> that makes us look like <laughs> angels, but it's, uh, life is, is still a struggle. But, but uh, yeah, I had fun doing that and they did a great job on that uh, episode. So that was, that, if people are inspired by that, there's, the famous uh, cups of coffee with my wife. I think we have these mini dates, and and Aww. that's what uh, I shared in that show. And then the children, Wonderful. they all had a, they all got to share a little bit about um, uh, their roles, their chores, and and a bit about a bit of an input too. So that's that's quite Aww. fun. So and that's on YouTube, um, everybody. That's free. I've got that in the show notes for you. Right. And what about the academy? Academy, uh, yeah, we we set out to launch. We launched it last year, and it was. Just time that we took things to the next level with with uh, formation. So we've, for so many years, we've been doing um, live events. We've during COVID, we had all the virtual pilgrimages, the virtual uh, uh, um, events uh, and and conferences. But then we thought, okay, what's the next thing that people are after? As courses, how do we do actual courses on the faith? And people have been asking more and more about it. We said, like, it's finally time to do it. So we invited. Some of the popular speakers to come and 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 be a part of this. So Father Robert Spitzer, he does a course on we love him. Uh, faith and science. Uh, we've got um, Christopher West does theology of the body introduction. We've got uh, Dr. Robert Haddad on apologetics. We've got um, professors in Australia from on Christology and and bioethics. We've got uh, a priest, Father John Flader, who does one on the creed. Uh, we've got uh, Deacon Harold Burke Sivers on the seven sacraments. 
Uh, Dr. Oh, Edward Tree is coming out with an introduction to scripture. There's a range of them, and uh, wow. we're talking to more and more professors and teachers. And each of these courses are about 12 hours. Um, and so, you know, it's a good, solid amount of time for one one topic. And then if you get 12 courses under your belt, that's 144 hours worth of lectures. You know, we give you a certificate of completion. And in Australia, we're actually talking to some tertiary um, uh, providers that may uh, recognize it as prior learning. And uh, we're trying to talk with some some others over there in the States. So, um, fingers crossed, you know, Augustan Institute or um, oh, other, wow. other partners. Uh, we, we hope that they will... I guess value it and then maybe recognize this as prior learning. So we'll see where it goes. But it's not just about the qualification. It's also about just the knowledge of, of it. So people can choose to, it's for 99 Australian dollars again. So that's about $65, $70 for what, wow. a 12 hour course. Oh and you can goodness. just watch it, enjoy it and in your own time. Or you can, you pay a uh, uh, 99 US, which is about 150. Uh, Australian and that that you own the videos and then you you submit a little assessment and then you get a qualification you get a certificate out of oh, it. That's so that's awesome. Um, Boy, when you look at the college credits, oh, that's very yes. affordable. Sorry, finish what yeah, you're going to say. Absolutely. So that's the goal: yeah. make it a, um, make mm -hmm. the faith uh, attractive and available and affordable. <laughs> so mm -hmm. um, we're excited. We've got 40 students at the moment, and uh, we hope to grow that uh, over time. That's absolutely wonderful. I don't want to overextend you because I know you have a lot going on in your day, Charbel, but any final thoughts for our listeners on Lent and anything else? Just uh, in, in, uh, a reminder for myself, every time I look back at my life when I came back to, to the faith, um, it was always during Lent that I, I took my spiritual uh, journey up a notch and my relationship with God deepened. And I could track trace back twenty years of my Lenten um, commitments, and and it, every year after year, I could I could pinpoint. So my actual conversion happened in Lent um, twenty years ago. My when I uh, when I made a commitment to do something for for God, my prayer life the next year went, you know was Lenten time. Then the next year, you know my my discernment process for when I joined the seminary and then when I came out of the seminary, my discernment for marriage. And and so it was all during Lent when I had these moments and um, writing my book, I wrote it during Lent and I committed every day. And uh, so I got a lot of things done and I took things to the next level during Lent. And so that's why I get excited about Lent because it's, it's, I know that I don't, I don't know what I'm planning yet. I'm, I'm still thinking of, um, uh, what my commitment's going to be, but I, I know it's going to be definitely being a lot more organized and taking things a bit more, uh, do, doing things without complaining and, and being a bit more, uh, I guess, uh, intentional about what I do. But I just encourage everyone to use this season as a time to deepen your faith with God and to take things up to the next level. And, and no, it doesn't last forever. It is only six and a half weeks. It's not even seven weeks. And, um, do it. It's a time because it doesn't last forever. There is light at the end of the tunnel. There is a reward at the end. So it's a great way to sort of um, make that extra commitment and you'll grow from it. And what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, as they say. So you will you will grow in, in not only physical, uh, I guess, stamina, but also spiritual stamina as well. So I, I pray for everyone to have a blessed Lent this season. And I'm praying for all your viewers and listeners uh, that that happens uh, for them. Mm, thank you so much, Charbel. It's always great to have you. Really appreciate your taking the time.
My pleasure. Thanks for having me, Lisa. God bless you. And God bless you too. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in and being with us. God bless you and have a, a sweet and holy Lent. And that's our show for today. Our program is sponsored by homeschoolconnections.com. Be sure to subscribe to Homeschooling Saints and leave us an honest review. God bless you and thank you for joining us.